As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Crank up the music. Charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. The back pass law, the 39th game, swapping shirts at half time, goal music, snoods, XG, cheese rooms, Mossy's boots, and Stockley Park. Has the game gone? If not, when? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now, you can enjoy The Athletic for just $3.99 per month. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod and sign up. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 56 of the Football Cliches pod. I'm Adam Hurry and with me, as he so often is, is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad at all. And for the first time in a non-quiz context, it's the Athletics' George Culkin. How are you? Delighted that it's a non-quiz context. <laughs> I, I will be throwing in a very, very microscopic quiz for you halfway through, just just for your pleasure. Mm, okay. Um, I do think but- of you, George, whenever American Express is mentioned. <laughs> oh, this God came up sake. the other day and all, all I could hear was your voice kind of American Express ears. is not a thing I mean it's clearly a thing but I don't let's not do that again I, I've softened I've softened to that idea over, over the last few months but still um, just to see your face whenever it's raised is is enough for me um, yeah let's let's claw back some dignity with uh, with George on this episode I think this might be right up your street but before we get into the <laughs> the main theme of today. Uh, it's time for the adjudication panel. George, very, very uh, tiny little snippet which I heard on, on Monday Night Football on Sky, which piqued my pedantic attention. This is um, Sky co-commentator Andy Hinchcliffe, uh, just 30 minutes and 27 seconds into Leeds versus Crystal Palace. Uh, what do you make of this? 
So really, at this stage of the game for Palace, it's just about staying in the game, giving themselves a chance to turn things around in the final hour. <laughs> George, the final hour. Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's a bit strange. That turn things around <laughs> in the final hour. They've got, they've got the time's running out. They've only got eighty-seven minutes left. Mm. Um, take it to the corner. Um, yeah, that's a bit weird. I've never heard that. No, second half. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's clearly boxer. The final quarter. That's okay. Yeah. The final hour. No, it's just. I it's mean, just wrong, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Charlie. I I heard. I, I heard something slightly better. I mean, someone said the final half, final 45 minutes recently as well. What's yeah, going it's, on? It's the final element of that as well. Like the, cause You'd stop really, yourself. You'd stop yourself halfway through saying it. That's how jarring it was. Because there's something very not final about still having 60 hmm. minutes to... Hmm to get a goal I mean it was like we were talking about weren't we when a season is in the early stages and I guess as well I mean when a game's in the early stages but certainly when you've still got an hour yeah I mean it, it, it's very jarring And um, I think he knows I, I hope he, he reflects on it the final half is still accurate I mean the final half is accurate it's wrong but it's no it's wrong but it's accurate yeah. the final hour it's still accurate the final yeah but it's also the first hour no it's not the first hour is not to 60 minutes yeah, but yeah. The, the final it's hour basic. is still within the final oh, hour. You're some still in, of the f- you're still within the first hour. <laughs> Whereas if it's the final half, it's definitely the final half. I yeah, but I think in even in in the in the general scheme of language, you can't you you, you can't use the word final when you're only talking about two things maximum. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's what's weird. It's like yeah, the final half. Well, there's only been mm. one other. It's hardly like there've been a lot of them, and now we're into the final, the ultimate half. I mean, that um, would mean yeah, the start of the game would be the penultimate half. <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear a commenter that, to say, no, that, and the penultimate half kicks off here yeah. at Elland Road. <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> that I, yeah, okay, maybe I am warming to that idea after all. Uh, moving on, George, uh, as you've no doubt been keeping your eyes on this, it's the soap opera merry-go-rounds kicking into gear once again. You'll no doubt have heard before um, even Coronation Street had announced this casting news. Will Meller will walk into Weatherfield next month as the menacing Harvey who has set his eyes firmly on Leanne and Simon. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there, but um, Liam Price asks, is this the soap opera equivalent of a Snodgrass to West Brom-style transfer that just feels right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, Charlie, I mean, how how has Will Miller not been in Emmerdale yet? I mean, it's One of those where I... Yeah was so, so convinced that he had. <laughs> so what has he been it's incredible. in? Uh, uh, Will Miller was in Hollyoaks um, for quite a few years, um, it, almost to the point where he looked like he was going to become a one-soap man. Uh, then he had a brief stint with Casualty, uh, went off to do rather more highbrow things intermittently over the years and has now returned to the fold in Coronation Street. Um, George, I mean, moving on from that, did you, did you know that um, Ross Kemp, Grant Mitchell and EastEnders, was once in Emmerdale himself? I didn't know that. What is the football equivalent of that, though? Well, the football equivalent of Ross Kemp being in Emmerdale would be, uh, I offer you, Georgi Kinkladze was on loan at Boca Juniors in 1994 for three games. I didn't know that. Well, I do know it, and I've known it consistently, but it still surprises me every time I say it. So that's my equivalent of Ross Kemp in Emmerdale. Yeah, he played the minor role of Graham Lodsworth, who was an army deserter, rebel, and the illegitimate son of Dolly Skilbeck. <laughs> Who did? George so, uh, No, no, no. Ross Kemp in Emmerdale. Right, okay. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I think I think that's probably enough about probably. the soap opera transfer window. Appropriate enough as this as this podcast episode goes, we're going to talk about the concept of the games gone. Before we delve under the surface of, of this concept, George and Charlie, I feel it's important to refresh our memory of what it sounds like when someone has lost all hope in the future of football. The game yeah. is the game's gone. The game's gone. Yeah, the game's gone. gone. It's just the game's gone. But the game's gone. If that is a red card, the game's gone. The game's gone, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot. The game's gone, Daryl. What's going on? The game's gone. Game has gone. The game's gone. Jason, you might disagree with me. What is this, Rob? I think the game's gone. What's wrong with the game's gone, isn't it? Get outside. It's only water. (laughs) Oh, the game's gone. (laughs) It's It's a different game now. (laughs) The game's officially gone. George, let's 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 plant our flags in the land right now. On a scale of say Danny Baker circa nineteen ninety two to Danny Baker circa twenty twenty one, how gone do you think the game is? Oh, I think the game is gone. I mean, the game is gone big time. The game is the game is completely <laughs> gone. The really? game is gone. Yeah. Why? Well, I, th- I think it's. I mean, I I said this to you when we were sort of discussing this theme. I mean, I think partially, I think partially it's age. And so I do think there's that equivalent to, you know, suddenly you're listening to music and you you can't hear any discernible melody and the lyrics don't make sense and all the young people are wearing baggy trousers and they're having far too much <laughs> sex and their hair's far too long and suddenly you realise you're just an old bastard. And I think part of it okay. is like that. So, so in other words, oh, they're all diving around. The game's gone. They're all diving around. They've all got tattoos of their own faces on their own faces. The game's gone. <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that sort of thing. You can't tackle anyone anymore. The game's gone. Mm-hmm. And I think so, it's partly like that. I think it's partly an age thing. But then also things have happened. You know, stupid things happen in football because football is by its own very nature stupid that make you think the game's gone. I mean, so VAR is a classic example of the game has gone. Exactly. It's, make, it's, making, it's making a game worse, and yet everyone is sort of buying into it. And it's like, well, that's a classic example. Game has gone. Charlie, I think this is important. It's a bit like the expanding universe. We should, we should appreciate the variables that are going on here. Football is changing, often for the worse. And But as George rightly points out, we ourselves are changing in our perception and our appreciation of how football is compared to how we used to enjoy it is also changing, i.e. we're getting older. Um, but there are other things to consider here. I, I want, uh, having listened to that clip, I think it's important that we nail how to deliver your games gone. You have to get the tone of it right. Um, there are so many ways, it seems, that you can deliver it. But I feel like um, Redknapp uh, has occasionally got it right. He says, if that's a red card, the game's gone. The game's gone. Yeah, I think the weary resignation is important. Mm. Uh, the game's gone. The game's gone. Uh, you know, often the repetition as well. I mean, I think that's interesting what George says about it being uh, a kind of cyclical thing as you get older. Mm. So that kind of suggests that the game has, and we'll get on to this, that the game has been going in various different ways, yeah. kind of always, because th- things are constantly evolving. Um, mm. But I have to say, I mean, the, the VAR that George mentions, yeah, that's obviously been a, a real lightning rod for Games Gone, including for myself. Yeah. I think it's the only time I've ever thought the Games Gone was a couple the, that early season handball thing. Remember uh, that then they seemed to change. Yes. That uh, felt like legitimate Games Gone territory, and I never thought I'd become a, a Games Goner. Well, this, uh, well, yeah, this is. But you don't realise it's coming until it until it hits you. But George, Charlie's absolutely right. We we are seeing a lot 
a lot more games goning recently for for very valid valid reasons. But it got me thinking: what is the evolution of games gone? Where did it all start? What what are the kind of peaks of games goneness? But before we even start that, what does games gone mean? I interpret it as a kind of football centric equivalent of stop the world. I want to get off. What are people saying when they say that? Well, I think there are a couple of things. It's quite interesting that you you, you put it like that. I think basically, I think one of the basic things is things were better in my day. I mean, I think that's I think that is right. that is one of the very simple things of it. I mean, another thing, you but know, it's not just thing. nostalgia. It's no, not, it's not. It's, it's not. You're it's watching not, football crumbling before your eyes. No, but a lot time. of a lot of the time, it's you know all those clips you've showed. It's ex pros. So they're 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 saying it was better in my day. You know, it's like things like. Professionals not wearing black boots. Well, the game's gone, hasn't it? The game's gone. <laughs> or you know, um, oh, players saying they're tired. Rotating players. Rotating. Pl- well, I played ninety games in a season, mm. and I and I played ten of them with a broken penis, and I just got up and I just did it. <laughs> and now they don't do it, and the game's gone. Charlie, people keep saying the game has gone, but it, but it feels like this is this is something that will never be achieved and will never actually happen. This is all you know, speculative doom-mongering. So I asked our listeners, has any sport actually gone? Has any sport, even if it hasn't ceased to exist, has it kind of eaten itself? I don't think football has quite got there yet. Mm. Um, Listener Michael Cox says, Formula One's introduction of DRS was basically them bringing in the mushroom from Mario Kart. Formula One has gone, hasn't it? That, that's a re- Yeah, I mean, Formula One has become so much about the technology and about the cars and all of that sort of thing mm. that I think for a lot of people, yeah, it has lost that appeal. But I don't know as well if that's also, maybe for some, for some of our generation, if that's also just that it used to have a very comforting uh, feel on a Sunday and maybe that's been overtaken because... While we say that football, the game's gone, actually the game has emerged and exploded massively and that's kind of eaten into that space a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the the, the problem with football, obviously, the problem, what it has is that it's so popular now that actually as much as it goes and keeps the game keeps going and going and going... (laughs) But we can't let go of it. It's, t- it's no. this incredible, and I think that's that. That's what winds people up so much because they think there's this amazing product. Why are you tampering with it? And and just building what George says, I think that's really that's a really astute point about the the kind of it's not as good as it was in my day. But it it seems to be changes are made, and we don't like change instinctively, and that's what means the game's gone. That things have changed and they've changed it for the worse and if it keeps going in that direction then it's kind of going to explode and cease to be with with hang okay. on with, with formula one it's the opposite as well because formula one is intrinsically shit because it's just driving around in a circle <laughs> so they have to try and oh, find but, ways no but you, can, you can't you can't say that because what you're doing there and you, it's important not to slip into this is you're, what you're doing there is the formula one equivalent of someone saying kicking a pig's bladder around a pitch i don't care formula, you wouldn't, you wouldn't I, no, stand no, I don't for that. 22 formula, men formula, kicking a pig's bladder formula one is just driving around in a circle therefore it doesn't <laughs> exist in the first place so they have to try and find interesting ways to make it interesting but fundamentally it's right. just driving around in a circle football is fundamentally great and yes and it's and the reason the game goes is that people come up with new and interesting ways of spoiling it okay so let it's i think now is the time for us finally i think our job our duty here is to provide people with a a definitive chronology of the game going and george i feel like it's vital that we have a starting point for this and that starting point has to be 1992 even if that makes our analysis of the game going becoming liable to the to accusations of the game going. Correct. If that makes sense. It the pre- does. The Premier League, yeah. the, ga- the game has gone. 
Absolutely. I mean, we could talk for uh, many boring hours about how the creation of the Premier League has has brought about the destruction of the English football pyramid. But I'm more interested, Charlie, in um, in the backpass law, which was um, in sort of slight VAR style was hailed as well, or, or rather decried as the kind of ruining football for for everyone, despite it being, uh, as it turns out, a quite a good solution. But um, not for the first time. Here's Andy Gray's take on the backpass law. This was during the Charity Shield in 1992. Goes back to the goalkeeper, but he can't pick it up because it was played with the feet. And there we have a talking point because Lukic could only bang the ball out of play. Andy, I know you have strong views against this change. I just think that is a perfect example of what people like myself, who, who have the, the views that we have regarding it. Is that making the game any better when you see the goalkeeper under pressure like that just lumping the ball out of play? I don't think so, Martin. The first glimpse here, Charlie, of, of the moral panic. And my, <laughs> what my favourite bit about that is, is um, when he describes himself as being someone who has the views that I have about the backmast law. As if he was like, you know, I, you know I'm just the sort of person you, you, who yeah, has you knew these this, views. You knew this when you hired me. I mean, I just think with the backpass law, like Simon Tracy, that's who comes to mm. mind of how yes. he must have thought the game had gone. The man who, uh, and I'm sure I learned this from you, who seemed to yeah. struggle more than anyone with... Uh, with that rule um yeah i mean i find it I, I do always find that funny i remember like on back when everyone used facebook and it was you know everyone used it and it was huge and uh you'd get this thing where it'd be like facebook is launching it, it would slightly change its layout and there'd be this yep. huge there'd be yes. these groups that are being like stop changing facebook layout we like facebook how it is and then those same it was the same people who had kind of kicked off when it changed to how it was that they then loved so i don't know there's an extent to which we just resistant to change but yeah i mean the the, the back pass law as well i remember really vividly as a kid learning that the tackle from behind had been outlawed yep. i think for the 94 world cup and i didn't really watch i mean i didn't really understand football at the time but i remember that i think it was on my grandparents and it, it feeling like a a seismic moment <laughs> um and i i imagine my grandpa was pretty not up for that change so so we've kicked off here george with an example of someone at you know FIFA essentially tearing at the fabric of the game and, and that causing a games gone moment. So that kicks us off. The next one is perhaps more of a uh, superficial thing, but, um, but it's when squad numbers were introduced in the Premier League in 1993 and and ever since have been spiralling towards the 70s, 80s and 90s. This is, is, is Does mm. this qualify for a games gone thing? Is it Does it run deep enough? Uh, is it quite that deep? I think I think you probably... I think the you, sacred one to 11. It is the sacred one. To, I think, from football purism point of view, it was a bad. It was a bad moment, and there is still something beautiful about seeing a team in formation in the correct in the correct numbers. Mm. I think. I think this is more of the corrosive drip, drip, drip of game goneness as opposed to a single. This is game gone. Yes, I agree. But, I agree. But this I, was, this was a mere stopping off point. Yeah. Um, the next example. This is from nineteen ninety five. Moving on gradually. Charlie, um, this is an example of something where, which is perceived as joyless. And if you take joy out of football, mm. then what are you left with? This was Paul Gascoigne booking the referee after he dropped his yellow card for Rangers. Which, I mean, everyone, um, t- uh, to a man and woman, is 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 happy to accept as being genuinely good banter. Uh, but but yeah, the referee sort of taking it badly was considered considered to be kind of a games gone moment. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. But we're we're kind of coming full circle here, sort of referees being joyless robots. This was yeah. perhaps a harbinger of this sort of thing. 
I I I think that this is a perfect example of the game not not being gone because mm. referees have always been arseholes. So here's a referee <laughs> being an arsehole. That's what referees are supposed to be. Oh yeah, so in fact he was living up to the stereotype. He was living up to, yeah, so there's to nothing, the traditions of football. Yeah, it's perfect. It's not I mean that's not the game's gone. That's the game is alive and, and, and intact. Here's a footballer doing something great on the pitch. It's funny, it's hilarious, and then there's the referee being a quite weird, joyless yeah as you say, sort of robot. No, that's that's, that's that's the referee being an absolute jobs worth. Sorry, son, this is my job. I've got to do it. This is what the rules say. That's perfect. That's football. So you'd have thought the game would have gone there if he had played along with the joke and, and found it funny. That would have been the game going. Well, that would have been something tearing the fabric of society <laughs> life apart. That would have been wrong. Oh, I don't know. I think people quite like banter between referees and players as well, and, and not even in a kind of... Uh, modern football concepts. I think people, I, even you, I think you quite like be, people being nice to each other in a football pitch. I, 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 think li- people, I like people being nice to each other, but you, but yeah, you know, the, the, this whole idea. If they had a laugh, you would have enjoyed it just as much. I, I think, I, I think it's the opposite. I think like respect the respect campaign for referees. If I'm getting back mm. into my kind of old and grumpy mode, <laughs> is a sign of the game being gone because one of the great <laughs> pleasures of football mm. is going to a football match and screaming abuse. It's a middle-aged man in black who does his <laughs> who does his very best to spoil things, and is and is definitely biased against your team. That's that, that's that's football yep. in a nutshell. That okay. is, but I do also think um, part of the fabric of football, as Adam mentions, there is that kind of wholesome, very kind of PG thirteen banter you do occasionally get between referees and players. So you know there might be a thing of. Uh, what was it where someone trips over and then he gets him up so I think there if there had to be, if the ref would say he pretended to book Gazza and then be like ah I'm just putting your leg I think that mm. that wouldn't have been so at odds with, with kind of our platonic ideal of ref player relations who knew that incident had so many layers um, until now um, moving on to sort of the late 90s George um, this is when I detect that people started to become very much more conscious of how mu- how much footballers earned in relation to the to the average um, employee. Uh, what do you think was the breaking point in terms of sheer numbers? How much are footballers allowed to earn? Well, yeah, that's one of those <laughs> sort of age-old questions you can't answer. Again, I don't I don't see that. I mean, yes, of course I do in in one respect because the money is ridiculous, but it's the same with transfer fees. Surely, it's that's just that's just a kind of passage of time thing. So the first. Mm. You know, Trevor Francis, the first million pound transfer, the game's gone, it's ridiculous, we'll never see the like of it, you know, it's crazy. And then, so I think that's a movable feast, and I don't personally think that sort of qualifies as game game has gone except oh, in a I very except in a very gen, well except in a general sense because I think you could mm. I think you could have used this at any point since you know since since footballers are allowed to earn you know proper money so I, I I think that's more of a societal thing oh it's crazy you know you know footballers earn all this money it's same with film stars but the NH but doctors and nurses, nurses. Only get paid, you know only get paid this oh, yeah. I, th- I think this is a very good point I this think, is a very good point because I, it's an externally held opinion. Football isn't yeah. thinking about this about itself. Um, proper football fans, or even fair weather football fans, aren't too fussed about how much football is earned. Would that be fair to say, Charlie? Yeah, I think that's unless they're right. terrible. Yeah, I, but but I do remember vividly. For me, it was about the mid '90s, and you had players in that summer where, like Stan Collymore and Dennis Bergkamp, there were those big money moves, and I think it was about twenty-five grand a week. That that was my first. That's my first memory of being aware of. Uh, yeah, I think I think thirty grand a week is 
it's the it's the kind of the lingering waterline now for that's when that's when you start earning shitloads as a footballer 30 grand a week that's that's kind of just like that's like to me that's like 25 goals a season that is one of the units of measurement in football and wasn't Benito Carboni famously 42 grand a week the contract yeah, Ravinelli like bankrupted Bradford well. yeah. yes yeah, yeah yeah Ravinelli was 40 I think wasn't he so yeah it was mm. it was in that period that you certainly became aware of it and it was mm. it was talked about quite a lot yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember caring about footballers earning ten thousand a week. I don't even remember hearing about it. So, uh, uh, moving on to the turn of the century, George, uh, and this was Manchester United pulling out of the FA Cup to play in the FIFA Club World Cup in Brazil. Now, no matter what the real story was behind it, and who was the kind of proponent of this situation, um, this this was kind of an administrative level blow to the game and its existence, and therefore it was gone. I agree with that. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. I agree with okay. that. That is so, a genuine. Okay, so you subscribe but, to the idea as well. I do, but it's is it? Yeah, I mean, is that, I, I don't know. Is that what Games Gone sort of really encapsulates, though? I don't know. I think that was a real serious moment for football when the FA well, Cup I think it was, loses something because the FA Cup is one of the cornerstones of the game, the beautiful game. Yeah. Okay. And I if it goes, yeah. Yeah, Do you I know what was that. more a, a Games Goneing was? I think it was that season, and this is really talked about. And I feel like I might. have have dreamt it but I'm pretty sure it happened that the FA Cup third round was played in December that season do you remember uh, for like the only time ever I'm, I'm almost positive in 99-2000 the season that United part of the reason I think United pulled out was that they would have had to miss a couple of rounds or it was the fourth round it was bizarre the third round of the FA Cup I'm going to check that and that to me feels more games gone because that January slot for the FA Cup third round is you know, is completely sacrosanct. I mean, what it does have going for it as a games gone concept was that uh, they quite literally didn't play a game, so the game had literally gone. Doesn't games gone have to be slightly more trivial? Possibly. I mean, we're never going to get a terminal blow to football here, so it's hard to pin it on just one thing. Yeah. But I, I, I do feel it. You know, it, it was setting the bar for what was acceptable. And I don't and, have and, anything you know. funny to say about this. <laughs> Confirmation, incidentally. 11th of December 99 was the 1990 third round and you, you can chart from that very moment the FA Cup uh, as well as United pulling out that season uh, the FA Cup has lost some of its uh, significance so you know. luster some, uh, I was going to say luster and I was like only context in which I use the word yeah. luster <laughs> I've only ever seen that word written down I was like yeah <laughs> luster yeah <laughs> it just sounded uh, too weird luster yeah Many words you should never say out loud. <laughs> Luster is quite clearly one of them. But George, this might leave you a little bit more up your street. Into the mid-2000s, an IFAB apparently reintroducing and reaffirming that anyone taking their shirt off should be booked automatically. Um, their, their, their actual wording was, removing one's shirt after scoring is unnecessary and players should avoid such excessive displays of joy. That's games gone, chat, isn't it? No, no, that's the opposite. Isn't it? That's the opposite of games gone because... <laughs> Someone taking their shirt off after scoring is actually games gone, as opposed to just walking back to the halfway line and shaking the captain's hand. Oh, that's oh, that's how old you are. Oh, you want players to shake hands and go back to the halfway line? Yes. Oh, wow. It's so so. No, this is interesting, and this isn't just us picking fun at how old you are. If you think about it, this is um, (laughs) almost footballing culture and time is a circle. It goes round because. You know, I instinctively thought you'd think that um, booking it's not games gone. It's not, no, no, it's not games gone. I mean, I, I don't care whether footballers take their shirts off or they score, really. But I don't think that's games gone. I mean, again, I think that's football being football lawmakers being dickheads. So I expect that. So I don't think that's games gone. 
<laughs> you know, the, 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 the rule makers in football, the lawmakers of football have always been idiots and yeah. referees have always been weird. Therefore, when they do weird and idiotic things, I think that's... I think that's confirmation that the game is alive and well. One point I do want to make about uh, yellow cards for shirts being taken off is, um, and we, we always we're examining each of these things in in isolation, but we should also examine the moral panic that they create as well. Um, people getting angry about players being booked for taking their shirts off, and you say, well, you know, how can you do that in the in, in a moment like that? How mm. can a referee do that? And apart from it being their job, which is an obvious point, I always think. Players know they're going to get booked. They're happy with it. They've made peace with it. They don't care. If anything, that makes it better. They've done it in spite of getting a yellow card. If anything, that makes the joy and overriding joy even more of a thing. So I don't care about players being booked for it. I don't care about the rule. It's fine. If anything, it makes it more forbidden to do it and better. Um, moving on, uh, this perhaps, as we go towards the end of the 2000s, George, is perhaps when the heavy blows start to rein in for the Games Gone Brigade. Uh, but again, quite ironically, this was the an addition of a game. This was the 39th game proposal, which I'm actually stunned by. This was 12 years ago that this was first mooted. Mm. I didn't know it was that long ago that the, the Premier League suggested the idea that they might play a 39th round abroad. That's a games gone moment, isn't it? It didn't happen. But at the time, well, it didn't happen. But the intention was there, and that's enough, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but I'm I'm getting increasingly irate with this. You've left all the good ones out that I think are the actual proper games gone things. I mean, goal, you were, goal, you were very goal, happy to jump into this timeline. Goal music, Pr- absolute games. That's gone. the next one. That's the next one. <laughs> You've moved- I gave you the running order. How have I left it out? You've that's moved- the next one we're doing. Well, you said to the end of the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, we are towards the end of the 2000s, oh, uh, 2008, okay. I believe, which I believe, you know, I know Andy Hinchcliffe may disagree, but I believe that is towards the end of the 2000s. Okay, uh, okay moving on from the 39th game, which, right. as you say, didn't happen, and therefore the game didn't go. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Tell us about goal music, George. Um, again, this is this is perhaps one of the first kind of cultural things that we're going to examine in this in this chronology, which is things that people just don't think fits in football. It, it's not, it doesn't affect football, but it doesn't look right or sound right. Is, is, is that fair to classify it there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, goal music at the at the moment you should be you should be celebrating and making a lot of noise and having fun, being drowned out by really awful celebratory goal music. Game's gone. <laughs> doesn't not unnecessary brought in you know to to make the atmosphere better but at the time when the atmosphere is the best anyway doesn't make any sense game's gone unnecessary charlie it's the 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 evolution of goal music that well well, the inertia of goal music is something that stuns me a little bit i mean spurs still playing um sandstorm by darude in an empty stadium in 2021 And, and and they press play way too quickly as well it's like the moment it crosses the line what's going on yeah, and there have been, and again, not to mention VAR again, but there have been quite a few where it's played and then had to stop while the check's going on and that sort of thing. Mm. But yeah, you, you've put in the notes Middlesbrough, and that I always think of that. Yeah, but didn't it? St- I mean, I associate it with kind of your Boltons, your Wiggins, your Burrows, where the atmosphere wasn't great and it was done as a, as George says, a kind of 
you know attempt to, to drum up some atmosphere. Yeah, but it is um, great when you mind you Middlesbrough fans yeah. now to, to in uh, it's become such a thing that as soon as a goal gets scored, everyone joins in, and so there is a communal there's a kind of communal side to it. So perhaps that's again that's tempered a bit. That's tempered a bit over time, but yeah, I don't like that. Okay, what if I turned up to a match uh, next season, George, and I, I was I was um, rattling one of those wooden rattlers in my hand for the first time ever? That would be absurd, wouldn't it? It would, it yes. would need time to catch on. It, absolutely, yes. No, that would be weird, and it's, it is. It's 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 partially how things change, but I don't understand that idea of adding adding to something at the moment when everybody is already yeah. shouting and loud and happy i mean it's the happiest so why drown that out surely you let that yeah the idea is if you're going to use music use it at the start of the game to to kind of get everybody excited or mm-hmm. or, or or whipped up or you know whatever and then let people make their own noise fair enough charlie moving on uh, just crossing the the 2010s now um uh, this was perhaps the ultimate example of a kind of fashion-based games gone moment, and this was Snuds. Yeah, one of the first of its kind. You know, I feel now we're more used to players maybe expressing themselves a bit more with with what they wear, and you know, doing dance celebrations and things like this that uh, I'm sure are seen as game, games gone. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was that ten eleven. It was a very harsh winter, the uh, twenty ten <laughs> into, into eleven. Very cold. Quite a few games were cooled off. Mm. Uh, at that time so you know I think they would have said it was uh, a necessary thing but yes I think it did excise people especially as like with any of these things I'm sure the perception anyway was that it was disproportionately a foreign thing you know the the influx of foreign players it was almost entirely Manchester City players wasn't it wearing snoots Samir Nasri who then joined Man City at the end of that season and maybe that was part of it they thought he's pure snood yeah he'll he'll fit right in I I remember you're saying snood not not snood I would say snood I'd say snood now I think about it it's not is it a portmanteau I can't imagine whether ood or ood where does where does that come from I mean, what is it? Actually, I, I, I didn't look into it. But, my, but yeah, maybe my, snood is right. My problem, my problem with snoods is what is a snood? I mean, is it a scarf? Is, is it, it's circular, a, circular scarf. So therefore it's a mitten, but in scarf form. It's not a glove, it's a mitten. It's not a scarf, it's a snood. I'd say it's more, it's more scarfy than glovey. No, um, it's, anyway, it's, sorry, it's the mitten equivalent of a scarf. Oh, oh, I see. But what oh, is yeah, it? M- yeah, maybe. But yeah, what the, is the cousin. It? It's like I, a cousin, very I, close cousin to a scarf. Anyway, here's what here's what Paul Ince had to say about snuds. He says, I'm sick and tired of seeing players, even when it's mild weather, wearing tights and these things, snuds, around their necks. Snoods. It's not right. Now you've got snoods, people wearing headphones when they're doing interviews, which I find disrespectful, pink boots, green boots, you name it. They've got it. Tights. They'll be wearing skirts next. <laughs> um, is that, that's almost beyond parody Games Gone chat, isn't it, George? That is perfect Games Gone. I think that's perfect Games Gone, yeah. It doesn't get much Sarcastically more... suggesting what will happen next, it I feel, is a fundamental yeah, act of Games gone it, it doesn't get much more Games gone than that. I would argue, though, that snoods, were, that snoods are the thick end of the wedge that was at its thinnest with gloves. Surely, I was gloves. just gonna, yeah, glo- gloves, gloves kicked it all off, didn't they? Gloves, like play, players in gloves. What you do, players in gloves. The game's gone. The game has gone. If you're wearing gloves, and if you're wearing short sleeves, but also wearing gloves, then you're just an idiot. No, you're not. 
No, massive defense of this. It's your extremities get cold, colder than the rest of your limbs. That's right. just how that's how science and circulation no. works. If you wear long sleeves and gloves, fair enough, you're soft. But at least you're admitting to being soft. If you're wearing short sleeves and gloves, you're an idiot. They also had a th- George. They also had a thing. I think it was at Arsenal where the captain would say, "We're all wearing." <laughs> so we're United. We're all wearing short sleeves or wearing long sleeves. And so the captain would decide short sleeves. And then you had a player like Carnu, whose hands would get cold, and he'd say, "Okay, well I've got to wear the short sleeves, but I'm still going to wear my gloves." And he, and that was kind of his uh, his look. Mm. So it was sort of born out of necessity. Oh, yeah. Idiot. idiot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there there is a, there is a softness um, aspect to this, and, and yeah, players perhaps losing credit in the eyes of all the observers. But at the same time, they're more comfortable; they'll do their job better and perhaps enjoy it more. Which is, you know, the all-encompassing thing about playing a sport. Anyway, did you wear gloves, Adam? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I I I now wear shorts take my daughter to nursery in the morning in, in minus weather and I, I, it does make me feel like more of a human being um, you wear shorts why because it's, it's lockdown I haven't worn trousers since March and uh, and it, I, I'm stunned out, how you go, you go outside in the snow wearing shorts taking yeah, your daughter yeah it's to amazing I'm amazed how not cold my legs are going out in shorts in, in, in the snowy weather it's astonishing I see um, I, but, I go I run and I insist on running in shorts Mm. You would you wouldn't wear the leggings, no, no, no. to run in. Game's gone. Running's I, gone. I, no. I I have worn them once or twice. Um, the running moving, game is gone. Moving on to 2012, um, which I've drawn a real red line through here as being a real watermark in the game's gone landscape. Charlie, um, in 2012 was it, apparently it appears to me that it was this was the first kind of um, uh, signs of people picking up on opposition players being friendly with each other at any stage before the game half time after the game this this to me seems like it was the first tether that broke on Roy Keane's football hot air balloon yeah and I, and I guess fairly soon after this as well they would start doing it with covering their mouths which is legitimately quite annoying yeah um, that was yeah that 2014 was a, that's when right, the yeah. panic about players covering their mouths began yeah, yeah, that, that that did cause quite a lot of consternation. But I feel that was an extension of the fact that more players from opposition teams were talking to another. I must say, I really like it when um, players uh, who you can see they might have played for the same national team or you know, might have played for a, an old team in some far-flung part of the world are kind of reunited and, and seem to... I always wonder what well. they're talking about but mm. at that moment. And the only thing I can think is that they're asking each other what they're going to do in the evening. Like, are you, are you out tonight? Yeah, I mean that's that's what else could they be possibly? Where's good around about? here? They're not going to be talking about bigger picture stuff if they're walking off a pitch, are they? Saying, "Oh God, see the news last night." Oh God, terrible. Um, it can only be what are you doing tonight? And and then the same with managers. Uh, you once you see at least a finger stick out, you think that's it. They're arranging to meet up in the office after the game for a glass of wine. Um, but I'm fascinated by what they say to each other on the pitch. The problem with Roy Keane, just to come back to that, is that he he's a difficult witness in this case because. He wakes up. He wakes up, and the game's gone. It's like if the if his if he has ten too many Rice Krispies in his bowl, that's it. The day's ruined for him. The game's gone. Everything is gone. Mm. Everything is mm. gone at all times. If you if if your whole mantra is that everything is a disgrace, then yeah. where do you go after that? So I think the great thing. Sorry, I know I'm not answering your question, but I think the great thing about football is that kind of mix of 
kind of camaraderie and friendship, yep. but also at the same time, those really weird, bitter little battles between individuals. That's what I like in football. It's not like okay. that really weird thing in rugby where they kick the living shit out of each other and then set fire to each other's pubes and think and think <laughs> and think that's normal. You know, in football it's much more sort of I, I think it's I think it's I, I just think there's a different I think there's a different thing there which feels much more Natural. It was a triple blow in 2012. Uh, the FA Cup final kickoff time was moved to 5.15pm from 3pm. Just another little chip away at the at the fascia of football. In More 2000- evidence of the FA Cup losing its lustre. Yeah, yeah the lustre had almost lustre. completely gone by then. Uh, in the following year, 2013, George, was perhaps a definitive moment in people getting annoyed by nice stroke popular managers being sacked. Jack Pierce writes in, he says, I think the phrase rushed into the lexicon in 2013 when Nigel Adkins was sacked and replaced by Mauricio Pochettino at Southampton. It went way beyond Adkins being hard done by and reflected the whole game had indeed gone. Nice managers being sacked. Game's gone? Nice managers being sacked, but also sort of half decent managers being sacked. Or alternatively, people looking outside into other clubs not understanding why a manager might have been sacked and saying therefore the game's gone mm. so in other words you know if i look at arsenal for example not a team that i'm that i that i watch or know very much about oh the manager's been sacked off why has he been sacked they're fourth and you know not understanding the, the context that arsenal might be that fourth isn't good enough i mean sure they'd love fourth this season but you know what i mean that that, that sort of not understanding the internal dynamic of the club that you're talking about and so it's the game's gone. He's a great guy. He's doing great. The game's gone. So I do accept that, but I'm not sure that has a particular timeline to it. I think that's just something that's always been there, hasn't it, really? Well, I mean, it, 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 that kind of sentiment mushroomed as more and more managers got sacked very quickly. But yes. I mean, yes. Charlie, George, George is right that there is an information aspect to this, but also... It, it, it is a strange thing for people who probably spend most of their weeks getting angry about football to suddenly burst out in a, in a sudden show of respect just because a manager's been treated shabbily because he got sacked. I think it's a perfect storm of uh, the perception being that there's this, there's this honourable football man who loves the game and he loves the club rubbing up against foreign owners who have come in and don't really understand the club and their bottom yeah. line is money and instant success. And it's this, it's a reflection of the instant gratification society that we now live in, where, you know, a good man, a good man <laughs> yeah. like so and so can lose his job so that the new owners can get their man in from, you know, from insert name of foreign league. So again, mm. I, again, I think there is an element of, um, you know, not liking the unknown. It's it's games gone mad. Stroke. Sorry, games gone. Stroke. World's gone mad. Oh, mm. uh, okay. And maybe that's a yeah. slight. Maybe that's a sub. A uh, yeah. Subgroup. When we hear the games gone mad, yeah, that's 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 slightly different. Like things are slightly out of control, but we can still bring it back if we all tried harder. Games gone. That is that is yeah. considered to be a terminal thing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, managers' tenures generally just tying into that nice popular managers being sacked. I think that's something that for a lot of people is is on the borderline of games gone or games gone mad. You know, you can barely last a season now. You last season, you've done a good job. Mm. 
yeah, I'm frequently underwhelmed by being told who the longest serving man is in, <laughs> any, in any division, in any competition. I, I, one, I don't care what, who it is. And two, I'm just like, well, is that it? Well, fair enough. Yeah. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry. Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Into 2015, George Culkin, another kind of real step forward in the Games Gone movement. 2015, it appears, is the first time that phone cameras in the crowd became a real bone of contention for, for purist observers. And that went hand-in-hand with half-and-half scarves, which I'm sure you're a fan of. Yes, I think these are perfect. I mean, and these are these are fun... These are these are funny, well, <laughs> fun fun related games gone elements, and I think that's yeah. I think that's perfect. I think these are perfect. So this is not the player, this is not the manager, it's not the chairman, it's not the referee, it's not the rule maker. This is actually fans showing that the game has gone, that the game has gone, and I think that's I think that's yeah. It's also a bit like sort of football tourists. It's like what are they doing there? What are they? Why are they in the stadium? You know that should be that should be us there. Well, yeah, but the fact you're watching on television shows that you haven't. You know you're not there. But I think I think it's it's that it's foot. It's like football as leisure, football as a pastime, as opposed to football meaning sort of everything. What are you doing? Well, I'm taking a photograph of the thing that I'm supposed to be watching, or I'm doing a selfie, or selfie sticks. That was another thing that happened a lot. Yeah, they were banned. Weren't they? I didn't have they to be banned. banned. Yeah, yeah. But, but Charlie, Charlie, the the again. Obviously, these are harmless things in terms of the, you know, the operation of the sport. But I wonder if things like half... Actually, no, particularly um, when photographs reveal loads of people behind the goal were taking a picture of a penalty or something. This strikes me as an example where the line has become blurred with things things we notice and things that annoy us. Mm, mm. And people just can't work out which is which. Just because you've seen it happen a lot doesn't mean it's inherently bad. Well, and all, yes, absolutely. And, and the need with Twitter and things like that, you have to have an opinion either way. You know, and it has to be a kind of binary thing. I mean, Half and Half Scarf is a good example. I, the, the, I could not care less. I don't really, I don't even really understand what, what is the issue there that it's a reflection of Johnny Come Lately supporters and you shouldn't have a yes. scarf that also has another team in them. If you think about so, it, if you think about it, it's really just quite a nice souvenir that ref- that that references yeah, I, an, a, a, a one-off occasion i mean if you bought a program for like example, a program yeah yeah that has, that, <laughs> it, it, it that, is a program yeah, isn't that, it? that has both that has both names <laughs> that has both names on it and it costs money but of you course, should only read about one team in, what, in any document but what you're actually doing is displaying the colors of your 
arch rival if it's a big game and so it's it's that thing no that's not acceptable you're not allowed to do that it's like you you're almost supporting them and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to despise these people you're supposed to go to that stadium and then leave it running frightened for your life because yeah because they're going to kick the shit out of you that's how and so i think it's part i think again i think that's maybe a, a a sign of changing eras i would feel i think i would feel uncomfortable you know with that idea of wearing the opposition's colours and a scarf but it's it's not necessarily a bad souvenir to put on your wall or something you would you don't wear it though that's yeah, game's but gone it, but, it, but it, it is interesting then you know as we got very deep into the new digital age that 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 games gone was being turned on the fans themselves and their consumption of football rather than mm. the actual sport that was being played at and, and administrated in front of them. So this was an interesting movement. Uh, also in Charlie in 2015, the, this was the infamous 14-minute um, flight that Arsenal took to Norwich, which was also heralded. I mean, this was an <laughs> earth's gone situation. Sorry, like the world has gone. Uh, thanks for Simon Banu for reminding me of this because um, that was deemed to be highly unacceptable. This was all part of the pampered footballers' mm. mise-en-scene. With their Louis Vuitton bags as they mm, yes. got, got, got off the flight, presumably. Into 2017, George, uh, this is when uh, the BBC mentioned uh, the concept of expected goals on their website for the very first time. With a very, with a very kind of um, neutral explainer of what it all meant. Game's gone? <laughs> I know, I, think, I feel like this is a test. I think this is a <laughs> test of my continued employment at The Athletic. No, I mean, I, I, I probably would have said that back in two, 2017 like what the what the hell is this expected goals well, why don't we just watch the match and see how many goals actually get scored yeah. come mm. on but but it is it has become a bigger and bigger thing and i think people people do un- understand it more and do understand um you know that sort of analytical side of football i don't think i don't think this does count i mean perhaps traditionalists you know perhaps that the you know the the purest side of it could could say game's gone with that but i think really what that's doing is providing us with different information streams within football and i've i've i mean i don't understand all of these things but i love reading mm. to give us a plug i love reading those pieces because i feel like i learned something and so i don't think i'm not sure i think that idea i think it's that idea of well this is just made up it's just a made up stat that makes things seem more complicated and it's nerdy and geeky and this isn't to, anything to do with what's happening on the pitch but I think more no, I, think, and more, I think more you, and more we, we understand that actually it's providing us with different different forms of inf- information and clubs use all this stuff you're touching on on why it does have some sort of candidacy as a games gone thing because Charlie uh, the people who don't understand XG are probably looking at it in a games gone context as, as football being taken away from them Mm. The more the more that other people talk about XG, that means football is going to be talked about in a way that they refuse to access. That's yeah. where it. That's where it does have validity yeah. as a games gone concept for yeah, better I, or I, worse. I think with all of these, I mean, I've always felt like XG certainly, you know, in isolation is a quite useful metric. It's neither a panacea and it's neither the end of the world as we know it. But I can see why if if you have people or if it's presented to people who aren't really familiar with it as being like look you've got some people all they care about is your xgs or whatever it is <laughs> then if it's presented in that way then yeah i can see why you're like well that's ridiculous football's about so much more than that 
in the same way, if, if it is all you care about, then I think that's extreme. It's, it, it's one element of it. And I think it was presented as being... I mean, do you remember there was that, in 2017 as well, this seminal moment where I think Wenger, after a defeat, an Arsenal defeat at Man City, I think it was the first time Premier League manager had really cited it. And he was like, well, we, uh, okay. we, we played okay, actually. Like, unexpected goals. We even I think we had higher or expected goals was good. Something to that effect. Oh, I can't and, and on um, Soccer Saturday, Jeff and the boys, you can imagine how it went down. I mean, yes. it was, you know, it, it, they were literally laughing at him um, <laughs> as if it was, you know, totally ludicrous. And I, and I guess, you know, that's how a lot of people did feel. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think it, it, it's a quite useful thing um, and that it's fine and it has a place. As, as, but, but in the same way, you know, think concepts like passion and determination shouldn't be dismissed as meaning nothing they don't mean everything but they they do mean something we we can see that the games gone um debate was kind of diversifying in the mid 2010s we were, fans were getting it in the neck then we were talking about an analytics uh there was a slightly frivolous end to all of this in the mid 2010s. Uh, Damien McKenzie reminds me that Tottenham's proposed new stadium was going to have a VIP cheese room. Uh, we we should clarify, of course, that there was not a cheese room and it didn't materialise. So again, one for George, where those the games gone panics uh, didn't actually um, <laughs> come to fruition. As we head into 2019, 2020, 21. This is when the real games gone hammer blows started to rain down. 2019, George, the handball law, the first proper rumblings of this isn't football as as the confusion over of how this law should be interpreted really took hold. I feel this was the closest we've come, really, to the black hole of games gone. Yes, I think this is serious games gone. I think this is not just fripperies like boots and snoods and goal music i mean i think it's probably the game is in danger of going i think that's the that's think, what prompt this handball is what prompted my first and only games gone well yeah i mean i think it's i think i think this is you know the game has gone the, the game is in danger or has changed beyond all recognition spoiling it and i think you know that's fundamentally that's what games gone kind of means doesn't it and it's very easy to throw it around as i say about snoods and stuff like that but yeah i think I think I think you can legitimately say the game the game's gone about about handball and the stuff that's followed since then VAR and things like that and 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 say it and not be not just be ridiculous. 2019 of course Charlie is when VAR was introduced into the Premier League. Now I absolutely do not want to talk about the intricacies of VAR but I am fascinated by the discourse around it and specifically Stockley Park. Here are are a couple of examples of how Stockley Park has been described. Michael Owen um, the other day described it as a booth near Heathrow. (laughs) I just love the way people describe where it is in the most derisive way that they can find. (laughs) And near Heathrow, as if that's a bad place to be. Handy, handy if anything. Producer (laughs) Phil um, has no source for this, but he assures me it's true. Someone's described it as people in suits off somewhere at the top of a tower. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Um, George, I'm genuinely fascinated by the race to be- who can come up with the most sarcastic, derisive way of explaining what Stockley Park is and how removed from football it is. What was the name of the place that did the code cracking in the Second World War? It, oh, I don't know. Bletchley almost- Park. Bletchley. Yeah. Bletchley Park. It's, I think it sounds a bit like that. It makes it sound mysterious as if they're unlocking 
um, <laughs> the secrets of the of the world, but actually they're just fucking things up. One day, or do you think it'd be like Michael Jackson's Neverland? Do you think of yourself as something like a curiosity that people will go and visit and go, oh, do you remember what happened here? That would be the shittest it's- theme park in the world. <laughs> All, all, everybody has to dress up like a referee when you're there. That's the other great thing. That's the great thing, including. Uh, I have to say as well, I, I have been to Stockley Park, and it's 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 pretty nice actually. It's all right. It's um, not quite the dystopian um, kind of end of the world as we're as we're led to believe. It's, it's genuinely soulless place on a Saturday when the, when all the the kind of uh, the businesses aren't aren't, aren't there, but. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, its, it's own website says, says it has good transport links, so that's bullshit. There's one bus an hour out of Stockley Park to the tube station, I can confirm, and it's very annoying. Um, George, I'm going to play you a clip now. And uh, despite there being a small danger that I've already told you what it is, I'd like you to try and guess what An- uh, Andy Gray and Richard Keyes are getting angry about here. There is no place for this. No. You've not become as big as or better than anybody else on the football pitch on a match day afternoon. You're there simply to regulate. Yes. You're not the star of the show. Cut it out. That, for me, That's about, is no. nonsense. I'm, I'm staggered, honestly. There's not, there's not a lot of things leave me speechless. That's very close. I knew it would. <laughs> That's very close. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. No, it's extraordinary. No. The back, the back pass rule does, Andy. <laughs> George, what do you think they were they were getting so het up about? It's getting so wrapped up in their own existential angst about here. Is it is it women, Adam? No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't womankind. Charlie put him out of his misery. Really. Is, is it Mossy's personalised boots? Yes, it was John Mossy's personalised boots, which had Mossy embroidered on the upper. George, uh, <laughs> I mean. And an undeserved quirk, perhaps, but not games gone. Not to the point where Keys and Gray were really massive overreaction. No, I think that's I think that's good games gone. I think that's good games gone material. Again, it's not it's not it's not it's not the end of football games gone. Right. But it is it's those little chips to football's prestige. It's those it is things like uh that's at the start that you know, that's that sense of uh the world moving on and you know, funnily enough keys and gray perhaps not moving uh as quickly with it as as certain others but i it does ma- it does make me think of one of my favorite games gone moments which is uh newcastle were doing uh, an open training session at st james's park one day and yep. it was in the alan Par- pardew era and alan pardew was on the pitch training in silver white boots <laughs> and, um, I mean perhaps this won't come as a surprise I mean I got on very well with Alan Pardew at the time there anyway he was near the sure. touchline we were in our we were in our press pit and I kind of shouted at him and I said white boots the game you know the game's gone and he just said if you can't beat them if you can't beat them join them and, <laughs> yeah. and that was fine Pure. but but I, I you know I think I think there is something about you know I think I think the end of black boots is a sort of games gone. It's one of those mm. games gone moments, and it's not. It's not VAR. It's not offside. It's not those sort of big things that actually threaten the fabric of the game. It's just those little things that mainly ex pros sort of really hate. It's a sign of softness, or it's a sign of, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So yes, yeah, someone um, operating beyond their station yes i think that, that was uh, uh, charlie i think that was kind of you know given all the kind of administrative level and and you know fabric level worries that people have had about football since 1992 the fact that we ended on such a frivolous 
pointless little outrage, which I think is perfect mm. for the Games Gone movement. Um, the uh, the tantalising dance of Games Gone continues. The game hasn't gone, but this podcast has gone, and so very shortly are both of you. George, thanks for joining us. I um, uh, hope you've healed the wounds of of the quiz. Yes, um, it's been cathartic as well because I've been allowed to sort of get angry about all those little things and it's been it's yeah. been nice. I think that's part of it, isn't it? We just want to get angry about little stuff. Yes, absolutely. Games games gone to an extent is a healthy pursuit. Um, yeah. you, you surprised me with your outlook on some of these things. It was more nuanced than I expected. Um, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. For someone normally so hysterical. But, uh, uh. One of the few things I hadn't written down and therefore why it sounds harsher than, uh, than I expected. Uh, Charlie, also to you, thanks very much. And to our listeners, um, let's hope the game hasn't gone. Otherwise, there won't be anything to talk about. See you next week. The Athletic.